The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by a very special guest on this week eight roundup episode of Punt and Pass, my good buddy, Ryan Skates. That is right, the editor, publisher, founder, CEO the poorest man of them all of the poor man's game notes, which I think Ryan is one of the things that I look most forward to on important weeks of college football. Of course, this is one of them. So on Thursday morning, if everybody who's listening is subscribed to the poor man's game notes, they'll get an awesome newsletter that keeps everybody up to date on the weekly Georgia matchups in a very satirical yet informational fashion. Uh, Ryan, you've been on the podcast before. I'm so glad to have you back. How are you, my man? Oh, I'm doing great. It's good to hear somebody other than my mother reads the newsletter. Yes. It's awesome to be on with you. A longtime listener, third time caller. Just I'm going <laughs> to hang up and listen to your comments soon enough. Yeah. Third time on Punt and Pass. So be sure to follow us uh, on social media. We're at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Ryan, you can find him at the PMGN on Twitter. And I believe at Poor Man's Game Notes on Instagram. Is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, I think that's right. I got locked out of one of my handles. You know, I have another one. You're very controversial in that way, but um, always a great follow for any Georgia football fan specifically, but SEC, we'll get to that. Ryan was at the LSU Ole Miss game this past weekend. He's got a big personal dilemma coming up next weekend with the Georgia-Tennessee game. We'll touch on all that. If you follow Poor Man's Game Notes, you're very, very well versed in that. Also, be sure to check out puntandpass.com. The number one destination for all things college football, second to only the poor man's game notes. Got our merch up there, got our YouTube page. Of course, this video will be up on YouTube. Our picks, I went three and two last week, getting me to 15 and 25 against the spread this year, which is not very good. Oh. But we'll continue to pick that up. This episode oh. of Punt and Pass is presented to you by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Solomon Brothers Jewelers, simply put, is the best jewelry store in the Atlanta area. It's the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. If you go to one of their awesome locations, they've got one in Buckhead, 17th floor Tower Place. The other is in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. And you mentioned Punt and Pass, or mentioned myself, or Jake, or even Ryan Skates. 
you can get up to 10% off your jewelry purchase. Follow them at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. SolomonBrothers.com, the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is simply unmatched. Solomon if Brothers. You if you mentioned Stephen Garcia, they add 5%. I think. <laughs> yeah, we probably wouldn't want to do that, but um, quite possibly that could be something that you'd be interested in. Uh, let's talk about your weekend because it is first down. We'll start with three and out. Uh, I wanted to talk about the LSU game and how they whooped up on Ole Miss, and you were there. Uh, you covered it brilliantly through your social media. I believe you likened it to some sort of carnival, which I thought was amazing. It felt like I could envision exactly what was going on, but a big game down on the Bayou and LSU gets a huge win, dude. They were down 17 to three and then they outscored Ole Miss 42 to three. Talk about the atmosphere. Talk about the game. I, I think these are the important things that we need to discuss. Absolutely. Uh, we had great seats. We were on the second row on the 50-yard line. And I'll tell you, I did not see one minute of that game. I was there. <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I don't have a lot of football insights, but we, uh, my wife and I, we went down with another couple. Uh, it's always been a goldmine to go to Baton Rouge and watch LSU play and cheer for LSU. You know, I've been in, and seen Georgia win and lose in that stadium. And uh, every time you just look at LSU fans from afar, and they look like they're having such a blast. And I can report back, they are. I mean, that is just a weird, cool place. It is totally unlike Athens uh, in in any kind of way that yeah. you can imagine. Uh, I mean, they have a zoo on campus, Drew. It should be called <laughs> Louisiana State University and Zoo. There is a zoo there with a tiger. And everybody talks about the tiger, uh, you know, how it's how it's intimidating and everything. And even the fact that the tiger is in the zoo and it's behind all these cages. When you see the tiger walking around, there's like something that's triggered in your hippocampus that tells you you're in danger. <laughs> and it just kind of overcomes you. And it's really cool. Um, but yeah, cool place. Uh, a lot of fun. 10 out of 10 would recommend uh, spending your off week in Baton Rouge cheering for the home team. But I got back on the plane to Georgia and was damn thankful to be a Georgia Bulldog yeah. to come home to St. Simons for Georgia-Florida week. No doubt. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, 2008, I'm guessing, is when you were there as a student when Georgia beat LSU. Um, I remember Mike the Tiger used to be in the stadium for big home games, and that was one of the first games back in 2008, Ryan, which he wasn't. I forget the reason why, uh, but then, of course, he's no longer in the stadium. Yeah, that's a big deal to be able to go see him on campus, but it seemed like beautiful weather. Uh, I know you stayed in New Orleans. How long is that trip? Uh, when we went there, I forget where we stayed, but how long is that drive to Baton Rouge? 45 minutes to an hour? I mean, does everybody bombard Bourbon Street and NOLA for a big away game? I would assume Ole Miss came in droves. Right. You would have you would have thought. It's about like going from Atlanta to Athens. Okay. That you're on a bridge just about the whole time really? driving over a swamp, and you look down and you think you see the Water Boys house a few times and people living under the bridge between Baton Rouge and uh New Orleans, it's it's a cultural experience. Now, anytime I've been there in the past, it's been for a big game, and you know, there's visiting team people everywhere. I maybe just because the novelty of the whole thing is lost on all Miss fans being in the same division, it wasn't like that. So this the vibe on a Thursday afternoon at like 2 p.m. in New Orleans, Bourbon Street yeah. in New Orleans, 
it wasn't the same vibe I was used to. It was like the normal crowd. These were people who were, you know, going there on a Thursday. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, be there. People like and you and I, like, if we had that opportunity on a Thursday. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll, I'll even give us more credit than that. <laughs> I don't know if we would be doing it, brother. It's a, it's a different way of life. Um, Where did you yeah, eat so, in New Orleans? Any uh, we memorable were, uh, meals? Oh yeah, Galatoire's lunch Friday. We did um, we did Commanders. We did Clancy's uptown. We ate at a cool place called Rum House off Magazine Street uptown. You know, we we like to get further uptown as possible. But we were staying in a in the quarter. Uh, that was the only place we could get a hotel room because it was LSU homecoming. It was Tulane. Oh wow, uh, Tulane parents weekend, which is a big deal. You know, um, yeah. A lot of spoiled Yankee children at Tulane. And all yes, that's a fact. Coming down to see him, but it was a big deal because Tulane was ranked. Yeah, LSU was not, and it was the first time in you know God knows how long that was the case. So the Green Wave fans are out, and they put it on Memphis on Saturday too. So good for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you think LSU has a real shot to challenge for the SEC West? I mean, you go look at the standings right now in the conference, and they are right up there at the top with their biggest game still to play. It seems like Brian Kelly has those boys playing at a high level. It's fun to watch Jaden Daniels kind of mix it up like he has been. Yeah, again, I didn't see much of the actual (laughs) action. Okay, (laughs) yeah. I saw the scoreboard at the end, and uh, it was 42 42 to what, 17 or something? Um, 45 to 20. 45 to 20. It was that, that reminds me of the score that you guys put on, on that day we win. We intercepted yeah. the first Daryl Gamble all the way back. Yeah, we had two or three pick sixes in that Darryl, game. Daryl DG had two, and No Sean yeah. had that big breakaway run. My man Clint Bowling busted him open um, with the great block there at the left guard spot. That was a very memorable game. Good times there. And, and then, of course, national champs that week. Yeah, they beat us in 09 at home, the AJ Green that penalty, was, which is just brutal. Um, and then in 2011 SEC championship game, I, I kicked that ball to Honey Badger, and he he um, obviously ha- he housed it, but he let the ball go before the goal line. Like that's a fact. That's you can right. go back and look at. I it. forgot if you I forgot if you made that tackle, and now I no, I did. I did not make that tackle. Whatever you do, do not go to YouTube and type that one in because I wasn't very close um, on that. I was one. on the I was on the sideline there with my bib on taking pictures, and I actually got a great picture of Honey Badger, you know, letting go of the ball before he got in. But you know, that might have been pre-replay. You know, I think it was right around the time when replay, when you could review a play, it was pre that, but there were re- like the booth up top would have had to call that one down. And of course uh, they weren't going to do that. That was the number one team in the nation. I remember uh, we were up at halftime and, and we should have been up 17 to nothing. I believe we were up 10 to seven at halftime or 13 to seven. And we went into the locker room um, and we were almost like, kind of like starry. I like, wow, I can't believe we're beating these guys. And then they came out in the second half and kicked our ass. Um, Interesting times. Interesting times. Yeah. Ole Miss moving yeah. forward, though. I mean, look, they've got their meat of the schedule. They started off seven and zero. They were number seven in the nation. They just got whooped up on at LSU. They still have to play A and M. We'll get to that in a second. Arkansas, Alabama. Uh, hopefully, Lane can get a little bit of retribution after what Saban did to him a year ago, and then the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State. So, good game. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Thanks for the report coming back. Um, when is Georgia supposed to play LSU again in the regular season? I mean, now with the conference realignment, it seems like it's going to be forever. Yeah, it's not even on the horizon. We have Ole Miss at home next year. That's our SEC West team in addition to Auburn next year, and they're at home. And 
beyond that, you know, we might play it at Oklahoma before we play at Baton Rouge again. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And if you look at Kirby's statistics, when he has to go on the road against an SEC West team, uh, it's not very favorable. Auburn, Ole Miss, his first year. And this year we got to go to Starkville. I'm not really too worried about that. But um, let's talk about another SEC West team. Go second down, Texas A&M. I mean, my goodness, what is happening in College Station? They lose to South Carolina. I was pretty happy for Shane Beamer. I watched that game late Saturday night on SEC Network. He was fired up. It seemed like Willie B was rocking. They're now, the Aggies are three and four overall, one and three in SEC play. Does Jimbo Fisher survive? They still have to play Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, and LSU. His buyout is north of $80 million. God bless Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, we're getting into – I'm going to have to open up my Bloomberg terminal and look at oils, oil futures. Um, and <laughs> yes. if uh, – you know, we'll open up Financial Times. If the international crisis in Russia and Ukraine continues, it's going to benefit our boys in Texas, and they might yes. be able to swing the hundred million dollars. I, I don't have oil money. That's not my uh, industry. So I don't, I can only speculate, but if I had it, I'd fire him yesterday. <laughs> it's so bad. Is there any excuse? Like I know they're injury ridden, but with the expectations that they went into the season with all the hoopla around NIL, him going at Nick Saban's throat during the off season, the product that they're putting out on the field, Ryan, simply does not equate and you know that those oil money tycoons that you're talking about with a ton of influence have a pretty short fuse oh man they they look terrible and i'm loving it because every game they look worse it makes alabama look that close to being (laughs) let's not forget was a two-point play away from beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Yes. And uh, I mean, there's canaries in the coal mine everywhere in Tuscaloosa, I think, but uh, Texas A&M seems to be the one that's chirping loud, loudly. Now yourself as a tastemaker uh, within the SEC, of course, again, go to and, and subscribe to the poor man's game notes. You will not be disappointed whatsoever. Every Thursday morning, you'll start your weekend out with laughs and information. And it's just great. Uh, with your knowledge of really the culture around the SEC, what is it with Texas A&M? I just don't get it. The the yell crowd, the Thursday night traditions, the thumbs up. You know, I in the when I played in the Senior Bowl, my roommate was Randy Bullock, who's still kicking in the NFL. He's the kicker for the uh, Tennessee Titans, and he was wearing his ring. You know, they got the pinky rings that they wear everywhere, and I'm like, what is that? Like they wear it like it's a damn wedding ring. I'm like, what is that? Oh, it's our ring. And then they go into how they get it. And when you have your ring ceremony, you go out with your boys, you have to drop the ring in a pitcher of beer, you have to chug the beer, then you get your ring. I just don't get it. I don't get the yell crowd. I don't get, you know, Lassie or whoever, you know, Revel or fighting Texas Aggies. Please give me your thoughts because I need them. No, they they don't fit in. But Texas is its own place. They don't care if they fit in with the rest of the SEC. It is its own thing. Uh, lock stock and barrel when you're spending time in texas it feels like you're in a different country they make you feel like you're in a different country um and you know i understand they have a lot of history being in ag school you know a bunch of farmers from middle of nowhere um going to college together and, and that's kind of been the common thread even as texas has become a much more cosmopolitan state yes uh, but, yes that's uh, a fact don't fit in and i'll tell you 
it's going to get worse. Texas is not going to fit in to the yeah. SEC. Texas looks like a nice Mexico when you go to Austin. They don't tell Ruse. It's hot. Everybody's eating tacos and stuff, but it's not, it does not look like Oxford or Athens. And Norman is just, oh, I mean, Oklahoma as a state. So, I mean, these guys, um, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. They are appropriating our culture. Our culture is not your costume. Yes. Be careful what you wish for. I actually agree with that. Jake and I talked about after the Red River rivalry the other week, um, you know, when Quinn Ewers came back and they just pounded Oklahoma, Oklahoma had a bunch of injuries when they were doing the camera splits on the broadcast. It seemed like possibly the most stark difference of fans of followers between Oklahoma and Texas. And I said, you know, in another world, I actually would want to go to Texas. Like, it seems like a kind of place where, you know, maybe I wouldn't fit in, but I, but I try to act apart with the Wranglers and the white Oxford button down and, you know, my, my Stetson hat. Like, I feel like I would want to be a part of that, not knowing what it fully entails. But I do know one thing I would sure as hell pick Texas every day and twice on Sunday over A&M over Oklahoma. Uh, that's just how I feel. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, no. And only because Dude, what, and what I fit into Texas, I guess that's my next question. Cause you know me well enough to, to let yeah, me know. No, neither I, one would, of us. I would. Okay. No. I mean, we barely fit in at Georgia. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say it would be hard. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's, I'm sure all three schools are awesome. You know, if you're, if you're a part of them, um, but the cultures are so different than the rest of the SEC. And for, you know, people who are used to going to games in Baton Rouge and being weirded out, you know, yeah, wait till you go to Norman, Oklahoma, and, you know, look for a Chick-fil-A out there. Good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Texas A&M, um, we will continue to monitor. I bet you Ole Miss beats them. Florida, that's always been a pretty interesting game dating back the past couple of years. Can Harson survive? You know, that'll be a big game for him at Auburn. And then LSU to end the year. That's a huge game. So who the hell knows? But Fisher is on the hottest seat of them all. All right, let's go to third down. Uh, it's the Big Watch of the Week presented by Solomon Brothers. People always ask, why do you call this Solomon Brothers segment the Big Watch of the Week? Because I have an unbelievable timepiece that I got at Solomon Brothers. Yes, of course, you can go to Solomon Brothers, get something magical for your significant other. But if you've got a bonus coming up, if you just hit your sales quota, if you got a fat commission coming in for the holidays, head on into Solomon Brothers. Check out their watch selection. It's awesome. And when you go into the store, Ryan, they got a full bar. They got TVs. You can bro out, get yourself a timepiece maybe take care of your lady as well or vice versa and they will take care of you if you mention punt and pass or drew or jake you get 10 percent off your jewelry purchase at solomon brothers on instagram and twitter solomonbrothers.com it's the big watch of the week of course it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party tradition says it's at 3 30 on cbs florida against the number one ranked georgia bulldogs we will get to that in just a second i think the game that i have circled though specifically number 19 kentucky Taking on number three, Tennessee. That game's at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Is Tennessee going to wear the black jerseys for the Halloween tradition at home for a night game? Has that been announced yet? I don't think it's been announced, uh, but I, I think they got to do it. I mean, it's a rivalry game. I saw a cool picture today. It was like a picture of one of those equipment, uh, like luggage Trunks. things, one of boxes. Yeah, yeah, and it had, you know, shoes. It all had all kinds of nondescript things in it, and it had – orange helmets in it with a white tee and have black helmets on it with an orange tee. And it wasn't something like it was made for mm. 
you know, show. It looked like somebody saw him, took the picture, and it, you know, got put on Twitter somehow. So we might see orange or black. I don't know okay. uh, as far as the lids, but what a missed opportunity if they don't. They're having a historic year over there. I know. Take like, advantage so of it. And then number two, Ohio State taking on number 13, Penn State. This game's at noon. Uh, you would expect this to have been the whiteout game in Happy Valley, which would call for a night game, the whole crowd being in white, but it's at noon. Uh, so that's unfortunate. I think Ohio State probably takes care of business in a big way there. Penn State, dude, that was the worst. Outside of what Georgia did to Oregon in week one, what Michigan did to Penn State last weekend, two weeks ago, was by far the worst loss by any team in the top 25, I think. Um, Penn State, James Franklin, dude, what is going on there? But the big watch of the week, it's a threesome. It's a threesome this week. World's largest outdoor cocktail party. We're going to touch on that here in just a second. Kentucky at Tennessee. I need your thoughts on that. And Ohio State at Penn State. Um, let's talk. What do you want to talk about first? Because we need to touch on Tennessee and your ties to that school or the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Should we touch on Tennessee first and then go into the cocktail party? We can finish it up that way. Let's get Ohio State, Penn State out of the way. Nobody cares about that. No. Let's just go ahead and say, yeah. I mean, how many programs and coaches in the country can make you pull for Ohio State, but Penn State and James Franklin are right there? I hope <laughs> yeah, they get yeah. That's a very good way to put it. I couldn't care less about this game. Um, yeah. Thanks to Ohio State, nobody likes that school. And then Penn State with James Franklin at the helm, how on earth could you root for them? It's a tough call. Yeah. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Tennessee, you're in a big personal conundrum here. Um, followers of the Poor Man's Game Notes know that Ryan Skates grew up a Tennessee fan. His entire family has deep-rooted ties to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee's having a historic year. Next week will be the highest-ranked game in the history of Sanford Stadium. But this Kentucky-Tennessee rivalry, Ryan, I don't think a lot of people outside of Tennessee lifers know how much deep-rooted hate is in this rivalry. These two schools do not like each other, and Kentucky's coming off a bye week. I just think could Tennessee get caught in a look-ahead spot? There's a couple storylines here. 
you know, that that game is a lot like the Georgia-South Carolina game in that the Tennessee fans would be like the Georgia fans, don't really think as much about it as the Kentucky fans yeah. do. It's one-game season. And Kentucky had, at least preseason and early, you know, they beat Florida. They had a good team. And then they've, they've had two surprise losses, I think, the past uh, three weeks. They were yeah. off last week. They're going to give Tennessee their best shot. And, you know, I'm not going to go out and say next week will be the highest-ranked game in Sanford Stadium. It could be, but if somebody was going to do it, Kentucky, I guarantee, wants to beat Tennessee more than anybody. They want to beat them in Nayland Stadium more than anybody. Um, Yeah, that's a great game. Uh, The the beer barrel, the old beer barrel rivalry. They used to have a a big beer barrel they would give to each other, and they had a Kentucky had a player in an accident that they did away with the beer barrel. I was not aware Uh, of that. Yeah, so it's an old trophy game, and I was somewhere, I think I was at a bar in Lexington, and uh, they had the beer barrel there. The so actual beer barrel, like the, the beer, beer barrel. barrel. It's, it's blue, Kentucky blue on one side, Tennessee orange on the other, and white in the middle. You know, they're both they're blue and white, orange. Yeah. And white. They have all the years painted on it. That's you know, pretty cool. Each. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the battle for the beer barrel, that's the name of it. So anyway, uh, they can't call it that anymore, though. You know, Jordan Rogers was on SEC Network last weekend <laughs> when Kentucky beat Mississippi State. And he said, hey, Kentucky just shut down Mississippi State's passing attack, albeit that scheme is way different than what Josh Heupel was running at Tennessee. And he said, with Kentucky's physical defense, with a week to prepare, Mark Stoops really trying to make something out of his season, could they slow down Tennessee's really uh, versatile passing attack with the proper time to scheme it up. It made me think, I I just don't know if people aren't fully bought into Tennessee yet. Um, I know that I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I, I love them. They're, you know, they're, they're playing at a very, very high level. Um, I think they do beat Kentucky and I think it sets up for an amazing game next weekend in Athens, but it's just a fascinating thought because I feel like the media in general you know, overall, it's like Hendon Hooker, uh, Heisman Trophy. Tennessee's going to compete against anybody now that they beat Bama. They're they're off to the races. Uh, but this game, like this, is the has all the makings for a trap game for Tennessee. Oh, I agree. I I think Tennessee will win this game. I'll be surprised if they drop this game. You know, it'll be something that everybody's talking about. Everybody's kind of excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't put it. It's not outside the realm of possibility that. Kentucky could go in there and do it. And I, I was wrong. Obviously, they were not off last week. You're right. They, they won at Mississippi State. They dropped to, I guess, Ole Miss. And well, South they were, no, they had two weeks. They, they were off last week. You were correct. Um, last week, meaning two days ago, we're filming this on a Monday. Um, but yes, they had a bye week before their big game this weekend. And then Tennessee, of course, hung 65 on UT Martin. So I'm excited for that game. You know, it'll be a great game to kind of scout for Georgia fans to watch. Um, and Georgia, of course, will be playing Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. You, of course, are now in St. Simon's Island. Looks like the weather's going to be fantastic this weekend. When do things really start to change from a vibe standpoint? Is that going to be tomorrow? Is it more so Wednesday? What are your golf plans this weekend? Fill me in. So the vibe, I noticed, so we had to fly into Jacksonville because, you know, St. Simon's is in the middle of nowhere. You feel like you're in Atlanta. You ran out of your private jet hours? Yeah, no, those were gone. Yeah, pilot had to... (laughs) take a nap or something um and uh, it's not because i don't have a private jet people i have one it's just (laughs) at the shop and we (laughs) just we um anyway flew to jacksonville 
from Atlanta. He had to connect in Atlanta. And, you know, there are all these guys wearing Georgia stuff, getting on the plane, headed down to Jacksonville for Love a week-long it. vacation. I've got people who, living here um, during Georgia-Florida week, uh, I have some friends that live in Augusta. It might It's like that on a smaller scale in Augusta for Masters week. I mean, the island comes alive. You're getting phone calls from all kinds of people wanting to sleep on your couch, wanting you to take them and play golf. And um, anyway, so yeah, we're entertaining a lot. We've got a great event for the law school coming up Friday night. Oh, cool. And, and we, you know, there's the desire cup. I know you come down and you're going to yeah. be a big part of that. And uh, there's, there's just Georgia people are already down. I counted 12 private jets on the runway at St. Simon's airport. And I mean, these were big ones. Um, so you know something's in the air uh, yeah. when, when you see all that. It's um, not just Harris English and Keith Marshall and Hudson Swafford coming back after their weekend tournaments, huh? No, no. And I didn't know Keith Marshall got a uh, tour card, but I'm really proud of Keith him. Mitchell. <laughs> Man, nobody can get that guy's name right. Uh, I apologize, Keith. Poor Kevin. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. awesome. Fun. I mean, every, every night of the week, there's there's parties and, and people are excited and you know, I haven't actually been to Jacksonville to the game in probably since 2012, um, just because I don't know. You just get caught up in stuff up here, and yeah. uh, you don't have to deal with any Florida fans up here. You know, beautiful thing. Go and be around Florida fans. It's a hard sell. So um, anyway, we'll be watching it from from the island. No doubt. The best way to take it in Desire Cup, as Ryan mentioned, Danny Warfel's amazing charity fundraiser uh, to help Desire Street Ministries, which, of course, he is the chairman and executive director of. And it's a super, super fun weekend, Georgia versus Florida. Um, a lot of former players, a lot of former celebrities from each of those schools show up and uh, they pit themselves against each other on the golf course in a Ryder Cup format. So Tons of, of great opportunities to donate. Go check out Desire Street Ministries and Desire Cup online as you uh, desire. I guess that's a good way to put it. A lot of, yeah, a lot of thoughts around the Jacksonville situation. Kirby continuing to make comments about it. Um, do you think this is going to change anytime soon? I think it comes down to one thing, and that's money. Um, and President Moorhead and Athletic Director Josh Brooks are probably going to see it, and Jacksonville will continue to subsidize this thing to make it really impossible for each school to leave the neutral site. I don't know the calculus that goes into it for them. I, I do know that Kirby doesn't want it there. No, yeah, and that's a fact. Say, <laughs> and that's, that's just from, yeah, I mean, not, I don't just know. Read Kirby the news clip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, he obviously wants it on campus at the end of the day. Uh, UGA football is not a public company. We are a, you know, we deliver dividends to shareholders in wins. Yes. And, uh, he, he can make a very strong case so he can deliver more wins with more recruiting uh, out of Athens. So I would be sad to see it leave uh, just because living down here, it, it's fun. You know, it's a fun weekend to see all of UGA come to St. Simons and we're, we feel so far away from North Georgia and Athens all the time. So it's a great week of goodwill for UGA down here, but it'd be pretty cool to see uh to see, go see the Florida game in Athens every other year. Now, we never get to have these big games yeah. at home because of this. You know, the fact that this Tennessee game would be our highest-ranked matchup at home is just bonkers. And, you know, we played a lot of top-ranked teams. It was Florida, and we just played them in Jacksonville. And on the flip side, it'd be fun to go to the Swamp 
I went to the swamp in 1995. You did. So you have been there. I went, yeah, him versus uh, Peyton Manning. And uh, I remember we lived in Atlanta. My, my dad and me and my uncle, we drove down to Gainesville from Atlanta the morning of the game. And we, uh, <laughs> my uncle was an amazing ticket broker uh, on the scene. And, you know, we showed up with no tickets. We ended up with great seats in the Tennessee section on the 50. Peyton Manning and the Vols go up. 30 to 14 at halftime and it was not that close. And at halftime, a storm came in. And I think, um, I think the final score was 62 to 17. Danny Werfel and, uh, and uh, Steve Spurrier came alive in the second half in the rain in the swamp. And it was one of their most epic wins ever, but uh, that was my one trip to the swamp. I'd love to have a reason to go back. Dude, if you want to see badass offense, go back and watch highlights of that mid-90s Danny Warfel-led Steve Spurrier coached Florida team. They used to ring it up, dude. It was super impressive. And, of course, they got the national championships to prove it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that game either. Played in the SEC for five years, a million years ago, um, and I've never been to the Swamp. It's the only stadium in the SEC I've never been to. Uh, hate to say that. It seems like an awesome atmosphere. And if you had that ability to have that home and home from a recruiting standpoint, as Kirby has continued to harp, that, of course, would make all the sense of the world. Georgia, I think, is a 23-point favorite right now. My God, that's a lot of points. Florida stinks. I'll say that right now. Georgia should give Anthony Richardson fits all day long. Uh, not scared of their skill position players. I think the only thing that might worry Georgia in the slightest, Ryan, is Florida's defensive line. Uh, they can be disruptive. Possibly they could get after Stetson a little bit, shut down the run game. And then, of course, who knows with our offense, you hope A.D. Mitchell can get healthy in a hurry. But Georgia's flying under the radar right now. And Kirk Kerbstreet even came out and said it. They're like, look, the number one team in the nation, a lot of people aren't talking about them that much for whatever reason. I got a stat here from Joseph Griffin on Twitter. Joseph, if you listen, appreciate this. Current top 25 wins for the top six teams in the country right now. Ohio State has none. They haven't beaten the top 25 team in the country. Tennessee beat number six by three points. And number 18 by 27. Of course, number six is Alabama now. That was, They were number one at the time, number two at the time. Michigan beat Penn State by 24. Clemson beat Syracuse by six. And number 10 by six. Who was number 10? I forget. Uh, who cares? Alabama has no wins against the top 25 team. Yeah. And Georgia beat number eight by 46 points, that, of course, being Oregon, and beat number 25 by 41 points, that, of course, being South Carolina. Oregon and South Carolina are 10-0 and combined since losing to Georgia, and Georgia beat those two teams by a combined score of 97-10. to So it seems like this is a football team that rises to the occasion, that may have gotten a little bit lulled to sleep by the boringness nature of their recent schedule, but things are changing in a hurry. Florida, Tennessee at home, at Kentucky, at Mississippi State. There's your season, Mr. Skates. Oh, man. How about those dogs? It's good to, It's good to be a dog right now, man. We're going to talk about stats. I mean, I think from 1932 until the day that Kirby Smart was – named head coach Georgia had spent 15 weeks total as the number one team in the country. And we've spent 15 more weeks since um, you know, that's just been since the following year in 2017. I mean, these are just unbelievably heady times. 
We've never been this good and we've never been this good for this long. I mean, even back when your dad was kicking for the dogs and they were being ranked number one, yeah. much of that really revolved around two players. Number one being Kevin Butler, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> being Herschel Walker. I mean, he leaves and kind of the magic ended. I mean, this is, <laughs> is true. Insane, uh, dominance that uh, we have not seen. Uh, there's only one program that's done it. Um, in a comparable way and it's obviously Alabama and they've done it for a lot longer, but man, this is just nut stuff for Georgia. Biggest. We are the biggest favorites we've ever been in this game against Florida. We have never been more than a 20 point favorite over Florida. And I remember being in college, you know, like we'll never beat Florida. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) I know. And the old timers would be saying, well, back in my day, we beat them every year. It wasn't even a thought. And back in their day, they were not beating them as bad as, as we are now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great time to be a dog. You know, I, I was watching that Alabama Tennessee game last week at home and, and, you know, it's well-versed on this podcast that Jackie went to Alabama. And I repeatedly say, you know, Alabama fans are, are one animal in and of themselves, but the subset of female Alabama fans that went to that school are a whole different beast. I mean, yeah. it is it is crazy town watching a football game with an Alabama female football fan who, you know, spent blood, sweat, and tears at Alabama. Um, but after the game, I'm kind of sitting there like, hey, I can't believe Alabama just lost. Like, wow, I can't believe Tennessee just did that. And she, of course, said, Tennessee's going to kick y'all's ass, and Tennessee's <laughs> really good. And I just said, I, you know, I like our chances. I am unbothered. What we were able to accomplish a year ago in the fashion that we did, beating Alabama for a national championship, right? Putting the crown on, getting the trophy, wearing the rings at the end of the season, getting that 12 months of grace, Ryan, by knocking down Alabama. Um, yes, he's showing his national champion keychain, 2021 Georgia Bulldogs on our YouTube channel right now. Um, it allows me peace, and I love it. I'm unbothered. I watch these games, and I'm like, this is beautiful. And I said this to you, watching those Tennessee fans, their joy, um, their their collective happiness after they beat Alabama. You know damn well that every single one of those fans in the back of their head said, if this season goes as perfect as it possibly can, odds are we'll have to play Alabama again. And Alabama will have to have 17 penalties. They'll have to miss a field goal. They'll have to really beat themselves. And for Georgia fans, after last year, it's like we did it in the best way possible. So I am unbothered. Hashtag unbothered. (laughs) It's the best. I'm happy for you. you. It's the best. I love it. You know, living in this household, getting my teeth kicked in time after time. uh, In the one year where I actually went in to a matchup with optimism was last SEC championship game. Right. And we got the shit kicked out of us. It was like embarrassing, but we got the last laugh. Absolutely. I'll never forget being freezing cold with you and that icon source bus before the game. We That's, right. We're gonna lose. We, <laughs> That's right. I did at least. I had no expectations we'd win that game. I didn't believe we'd won it until a few hours after it was over. But man. Awesome. But so yeah, good. It's 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 been fun. I mean, just that the behemoth that Nick Saban made and just watching that cycle of Alabama greatness go on far past any of us ever thought it would or should go on. Cause you know, all these teams have their cycles. We're on yeah. top right now and that 
Tennessee might be coming back and Ole Miss is on top of this by Ole Miss standards. Um, but man, it would sure be nice if, if Alabama's wheel just went ahead and kept turning. It certainly looks like it has some inertia going that way. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, before we let you go, score prediction for this weekend and then let everybody know how they can get involved with the poor man's game notes. And this podcast better be linked in Thursday's newsletter. If it's not, we've got serious issues. Well, all you gotta do is send me the link, you know. I mean, you <laughs> okay. Poor man, some Wizard of Oz operation. This is just me, you know, talking to my computer about all the things my wife won't listen to me talk about. <laughs> um, so again, I can't believe anybody reads it, but we're up to about four thousand subscribers now. And you can go to thepmgn.com, and there's a link there to subscribe. Just put your email address in, and uh, have a little bit of fun with us during football season. We don't take it too seriously. Um, but, uh, yeah, this week I expect the dogs to win big. Obviously Kirby has a lot of vitriol for Florida. Yeah. You know, it's a soft spot for him. It's a soft spot for Muschamp too. Um, they are, um, there will be no lack of want to from the dogs this week. They'll win by as many as they want. Uh, God, I hope so. More on it. I don't know what the number is in Kirby's head, but that's the number they'll get. Should be a great, great game. Um, special atmosphere, regardless of your thoughts around Jacksonville. The 50-50 split, always on CBS, always means something about these teams. Um, and if you want to be as well-versed as you possibly can be heading into the game, you got to subscribe to the Poor Man's Game Notes. Get your fill on Thursday mornings. You will laugh. You will learn. You will love. That is the new motto for the Poor Man's Game Notes. You know, I met Oprah this summer, and I'm glad to know that her vibes are have came up through me and now to my poor man. Where did you meet? Oh, you did meet Oprah at Sea Island. You sent that picture. Walking around with Stedman. I noticed Stedman (laughs) long before I noticed her. I mean, this guy was wearing a Pinehurst uh, Adidas tracksuit. It was a tracksuit with the three stripes, you know, down the sleeves and down the sides. It just had that Putter Boy Pinehurst logo on it. And I looked at that. I was like, what the hell is that? I was like, oh, it's Stedman. That's definitely Stedman. And I wonder who he's walking. It was Oprah. And she was so cool. Asked her for a picture. That's awesome. I go, are you Oprah? She goes, I'm Oprah. <laughs> Got a picture with me. It was, I was a legend among all the other moms <laughs> in the carpool line for getting a picture with Oprah. But That's amazing. Right. Was she staying at the lodge? I'm guessing she was maybe in a cabin at the lodge or was she at the cloister? Yeah, she had one of those uh, little golf cabins they have. They were filming the color purple at Jekyll Island, and so she was set up over there. Phenomenal picture. You might have to post that on social media. Uh, Ryan has the picture. He sent it to me. I was like, is that Oprah? I told her I was just going to show my wife and my mother. But uh, So I'm going to respect her and and hope that you guys all trust me that I truly met her. And um, You did. I can confirm. Once again, just let her positive vibes flow yes. to you. Subscribe. You've been to touched. Program. You've been touched. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you filled in for an NFL quarterback, Jake Fromm, of course, with the Washington Commanders. I believe Jake will be back on Thursday's episode to break down this Georgia-Florida game and the rest of the Week 9 slate, so we're fired up about that. But, man, what a great, great guest we had on Punt and Pass this week. None other than the publisher, editor, CEO, chairman exactly of the board of the board of the poor man's game notes mr ryan skates be sure to follow him at the pmgn on twitter at poor man's game notes on instagram we are at punt and pass on twitter and instagram i'm at drew butler 
Check out Solomon Brothers as well, at Solomon Brothers on Twitter and Instagram. Simply put, the best jewelry store in the Atlanta area, two awesome locations, one in Buckhead, 17th Floor Tower Place, the other in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. They got the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience I told you about enough. You've got to go witness it for yourself. Bring your significant other. Go have a great time, and when you leave, you'll be much happier than when you walked in, SolomonBrothers.com. And Ryan, we will talk to you on Thursday. See ya. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 